This is Grow With The Bros, hosted by Ryan and Ken Parsons, founders of the Brothers That Just Do Gutters. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Gutter, Behind the Brother. We've made every mistake in the book, so you don't have to. Our time to evolve as business owners is now. Let's grow together. All right. So on today's episode, we are talking with Peter Awando, South Charlotte, North Carolina franchisee and longtime installer turned franchise owner and friend. How's it going, Peter? Hey, it's going, it's going pretty well. What's up, Ken? What's up, Brian? I'm glad and I'm happy to be here, man. But everything is going pretty well. I can't complain. Nobody exactly. listens when you do anyway. Exactly. So... All right, so I'd love to start out with you just talking a little bit about your background. Um, you know, even how you got involved with the company, found out about it, because uh, for anybody listening, we have a, a long history. I mean, it's, it's 15 plus years, I- I'm guessing, because um, I don't have the best memory when it comes to history of the company, I've been told. But, you know, Peter, how'd you, how'd you get started with the brothers? Wow, that's interesting. Uh... You know what, let me go back. I'm gonna go about way, way deep. Uh, this is back in 97. So that was the first time that I met the first brother, and that's uh, Ken. Uh, coincidentally, wow. yeah, coincidentally, Ken was on a mission trip uh, to my homeland. I was born and raised in Kenya, so Ken was there. Uh, that's how I met Ken. You know, we never talked anything of business or anything like that, but I just, I just knew him. He was a great guy. You know, he was built and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, look at this white, strong dude. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think to me, that was the first introduction to the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Without really knowing. Because uh, I think, because two years later, in 99, Ken started his business. Uh, so that's the first time I met Ken. And that's the first time, you know, I knew of him, his character, who he is and stuff like that. Yeah. Before I finally decided to join, you know, to come to the U.S. and stuff like that. So that was the first time I, you know, I started to, to know about Ken. Then when I came to the U.S., uh, I mean, there was no, I wasn't like chasing Ken or anything like that. I came to school, you know, went to school and did all that stuff and everything. Uh, what did you study? Business management. So I have a degree in business management, but I also have a master's in business administration. So I have an MBA in business administration too. So. You are the most educated of all of us. <laughs> hey, hey, you what know what? did you go to? <laughs> I went to Southern Arkansas University. That's in Magnolia, Arkansas. So I was in the deep south, man, the deepest of the south. Wow. You know, that you can find and everything. Yeah, so I went to school there. Uh, but the greatest thing is uh, when I was in school there, but I, I had family in New York. So, you know, so I used to live in New York too as well. Uh, so the church, the local church that I used to attend, I think that's where I met you, Ryan, too, as well. And Katie yep. was also part of that, you know, that fellowship, too, as well. So we became friends way long before even thinking about joining you guys as a business and everything. So forget about the 15 years, Ryan, that you mentioned. I'm talking about this is 20 years. That's I crazy. Up, I came to the U.S. in 98, but uh, by the time I was attending the church and everything was in 99 and all that stuff. So I already knew you guys, but not from a business uh, standpoint, so to speak. So that's the first time that I would say that I knew the brothers, you know what I'm saying? Wow. And your sister, Rebecca, too, were in the same, you know, fellowship group. Long story, but yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you, um, when did you actually start working for, and it wasn't even the brothers, it was probably, was it Waterfall Seamless, Waterflow? What was it back then? No, it was, the first one was Waterfall. 
right? Yeah, before we change water flow. Yeah, so I started to work uh, for the brothers. So eventually when I met the plunge, when I came into you guys is after I graduated, uh, I did some uh, other jobs. I worked as a restaurant manager for Burger King. I worked at the movie theaters when I'm trying to get my feet wet. Uh, I did collections too. Then in 2005, uh, one of my brother-in-laws, uh, Job, who's actually a field supervisor, field manager right there, the headquarters of Job, uh, you know, used to work with you guys. And, you know, he just brought the idea to me. He's like, hey, you know, you know, you can always come here. And I was tired of what I was doing. You know, I wanted sort of like a clear path of something here that I, you know, I like to do. Because I'm kind of an outdoor guy. Not really outdoor. Let me say I'm a kind of a hands-on guy. You know, I like to do stuff with my hands. Then he's like, hey, come and try this out. And this was in the dead of winter. Oh, uh, so, I, uh, so I remember, <laughs> I remember coming in, uh, you know, it's so, it's so interesting. Let me just back. It's so interesting because the way you guys knew me, you know, in church, you know, you're all dressed up and everything and all that And stuff. if anybody knows Peter, he is always <laughs> dressed up. Nobody looks better than Peter. My goodness. <laughs> I yeah, swear, so, I think you iron your underwear and socks. I mean, you are like so well put together. It's ridiculous. Well, I try, I try, I try, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, so when I came in, uh, it was a nice interview, short interview and everything. It's like, hey, this is what we do. And I remember then the office was at uh, Kenny's place. Kenny had a side burn out there. So, you know, like, you built an office tool there. So we had an interview and he's like, hey, you want to do this and stuff like that? Brief interview, nothing crazy. You know, we didn't have all the systems in place. And I was like, sure, why not? You know, and we went out, you know, of course I was hired on the spot just because of my looks and everything, you know. I was hired. I was hired hired based on good looks. That's right. I was hired on the spot. And uh, the good thing is that my brother-in-law, as I said, Joe was already working for you guys. So it's like, you know, it wasn't something, you know, out of the ordinary. And I believe he could vouch for me too, for you guys. And that's when the journey began in 2005. I believe it was, it was January because it was winter. Our first job of trading snow and stuff like that. And, oh my you know, gosh. Yep, it was awesome. So and who'd have thought, here we are today. Peter's the only guy that I know that never gets silicone on his, on his shirt or on his pants. I don't think he's actually <laughs> ever gotten probably the whole Probably in the whole gutter industry. <laughs> yeah. how, how you pull that off and keep so clean, doing such a dirty job, but manage to pull it off. You know what? It's crazy. It's crazy. You just, you just have to be careful. Because you know what? I think image, to me, image is very important. And even being a business owner, I've learned that image is, is a big deal. So whatever the customer sees, whatever the client sees, that goes a long way. So that's why I try to you know, keep it clean. That's it, man. Keep it clean. And you sure have. Oh, my gosh. So um, you, you, you basically, so you started working for us. It wasn't anything uh, what it is today. And, you know, basically you, you worked your way up and then eventually there was uh, really no place to go at the current position the company was in, right? Correct. Yeah. So you, you kind of conquered every, every uh, aspect of uh, gutters in the field and, you know, with, with Joe being in the field supervisor position, unless we started a satellite location or something like that, we really, you know, didn't, didn't necessarily have enough room for you to continue to grow because you're hungry guy you're continually reading and, and educating yourself and learning uh, and i'd love to remember to talk about your sales journey when you started the franchise i think that would be really fun for us to touch on today uh awesome. to do that 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 would be awesome so you know we actually added a rung to the uh to the to the skills ladder you know from apprentice all the way up to senior mm-hmm. head installer and 
you know, business owner. And that was something that you, you said when you went to go work for another company at an opportunity, you said, don't worry, I'm going to be back. We're, we'll be doing a brother's gutters franchise. And I was like, I hope so. I mean, but who knows, you know, you don't know if that's, is going to come to fruition. And it did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is awesome. Um, I know we're going to go down that path a little bit, but you know, tell us about that time. Like you worked all the way up. If you can kind of encapsulate what that felt like to kind of maybe reach the ceiling and then go out and come back. What was that like? So that was interesting. I'm glad you brought that point up. Uh, so when I was working in the Brothers in the franchise, you know, in the, I'm sorry, in the headquarters in New York, uh, you know, we did everything. Uh, I saw you guys grow. I joined you guys in 2005. You know, a lot of stuff was already, you know, kind of established, not a franchise system, but you know, you guys were working on the business and all that stuff and everything. So as I continued to grow on the business and just to understand how you guys do everything, and, stuff like that uh i think there was a hunger a hunger inside of me you know whereby you you definitely you want to see more uh i will honestly say i believe i saw more for the company that was what was driving me like i saw a lot of potential which i'm sure both of you saw that's why now you're a franchise you're a national brand uh it's like i saw that but not in the same scheme that you and kenny uh, have seen it but i did see that and i was like man there's a lot of growth here there's so much stuff that probably i could get to but uh you know at the end of the day still you know the markets and everything dictates how you know how you can grow and stuff like that so i think so that was like i saw it in me and so that hunger in me to continue to be better in everything i did in my daily you know chores in my daily responsibilities even growing as a company you know as we added more vehicles more trucks to the fleet and things like those uh, you know, it, it came to a point where I'm like, man, I know there is more, you know, but there's nothing much we can do at that time. Yeah. Uh, but goodness, you guys were still, you know, you, you guys had a grand scheme too in the background, you know, because I'm fast forwarding like, you know, probably like 2011, you know, uh, 12 there, you know, when you guys were really thinking about that. Uh, and I remember one time, actually, uh, Ryan, me and you, you know, we had a conversation, we were speaking, and you told me, it's like, man, I wish there was something more I could do, something more I could give to you, because it's like, you know, the field, all right, I've already done everything, I pretty much know everything. Let me not say everything, but I pretty much know anything to do with the gutter industry. Uh, you know, as far as uh, doing the job, yes, I could do that. As far as uh, in advancing, yes, I could do that. But also as far as pay, you know, at some point, like with any other business, it's always a cap. You know, nothing is sky open limit and stuff like that. So depending on where the business was at that time, maybe what I felt or I thought I should have deserved, you know, the company was not in a position to do that or it didn't make any financial sense, which now I do understand even as a business owner. <laughs> you know, it's not just a matter of writing checks and throwing money out there. Uh, but those are some of the hangers that drove me uh, whereby it's like, man, what more can I do? And that conversation that I had with you, uh, Ryan, actually, you know, let me know that you actually, the way you guys think of me is different. I never told you that, but because you told me, it's like, man, I wish I could do something for you, create a position for you. You know, like I remember you saying, man, maybe I could have you take my role in the company as far as managing everything and you do something else and stuff like that. You know, but everything had to fall in place. So that in the back of my mind, I always kept that in the back of my mind. And I knew, you know what, it's not because of anything, but it's just because of where we are as a company growing. Yeah. Uh, that that avenue hasn't opened up yet. Uh, so awesome. eventually, I mean, you know, it, go ahead, Kenny. 
I, I remember I remember that moment very clearly because it was a defining point for me in business. I remember being on a a, a new construction site. I think it was in Hopewell Junction, and it was me, you, Jimmy, and Job. And I had I had to it was it was that at that point I had to pull you to the side and tell you that you know because it was it was during the time when we were doing construction too. And I was out, I was, I was like jumping back and forth from construction to doing gutters with you guys. And I had to tell you that, you know, because of the, the recession hitting and because of us not really knowing how to manage construction very well, uh, I had to let you, let you know that we couldn't continue to have you on. There was no more, like you just said. And, and I remember that being one of the toughest things in business that I had to do. Here I, here I had to go to a person who is the perfect person employee and tell them that, you know, we have to downsize because this, the economy is going down and new construction is drying up and all our eggs were in that basket. And uh, I had to tell you that, you know, we, we couldn't do it. And I remembered, you know, this is, this is something that we can't have happen ever again. And that's, you know, was another thing that really pushed, I think, Ryan and I to work on this, on a growth model, because we didn't want to be put in a position again where we would have to be faced with making such a hard decision and losing somebody. You know, it's one thing to lose somebody that's not pulling their weight or doing something, but to lose somebody that has all the great qualities that you want in uh, an employee, uh, that's, that's not good. And I think a lot of people in, in the gutter business uh, or in construction in general, um, they're at risk with that. Um, you know, you being on now, now you coming out of being an employee, but now being a business owner, uh, can you talk about a little bit of that? Like, you know, how, you know, how important, how important is growth, uh, not just to you as the owner of a company, but how much, how important is that to, uh, and obviously it was to you because, you know, you, you said it, you, there was things that you stuck with you, even when you left for a time. Uh, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. That's a very uh, key point. Uh, it's so funny because uh, just yesterday, one of my uh, employees gave a book report and he was talking, you know, the, the one he was doing was uh, Home Movement Cheese. Nice. You know, yeah. being, being able to adapt to change and things like those and everything. So it's the same thing. It ties into exactly what you're talking about growth. Uh, it's anticipating, understanding how the market is flowing, understanding how everything is working together, how everything fits together. And uh, you want to be in a position whereby you're not reacting. You're not reacting to the change. Uh, but you plan everything and you anticipate everything and you focus like we do as a business or franchise. You know, we plan for the year, we focus for the year, we focus for the growth, we want to achieve this. And um, one of the takeaways he told me, and I really love it, is like, hey, you know what? You have to plan for the future. You have to anticipate change and you have to move before the change, you know, before the cheese runs out. Don't just eat all the cheese and it's like, oops, I ran out of cheese. And to me, that is growth. So even as a business, uh, as a business owner right now, and I, you know, what I've learned, that's one of the key things I've learned is to anticipate what's coming next. I always tell myself, I, I believe it's a quote from uh, John C. Maxwell, or, or one of his phrases, whereby he says, you know, you want to think of the greatest, one of the worst things that can ever happen, and you want to plan for that as a business. You want to plan for that. To me, that's part of growth. You know, you're, mm. you're planning on anticipating what's going to happen. All right, if two employees call out or quit right off the bat, 
how am I going to anticipate that? So in the back of your mind, you already have a contingency plan or you already have a plan for that. And that is growth, you know, as you continue growing, as you continue learning. And to me, another key thing is just uh, absorbing as much as I can. It's so crazy, but when I used to work for you guys, but even right now as mentors to me, uh, I take a lot of, like I used to see Ken with a book each and every, every time I saw Ken, he had a book. It's on his desk, it's in his hands because he's reading it. And to me, that's growing. Turns out and he was, was just hitting flies. Yeah, <laughs> well, that too. And, uh, well, we have a lot of them in the South right now. Really. And, yeah, uh, that's for sure. Yeah. And so that was a lot of growing things to me, like even in the business, is that what is it? What one nugget can I get for the day that's going to keep me going? Right now in my car, there's nothing else I listen to is either listen to the podcast when you guys have recorded or I listen to a book or I listen to something. But I'm not just sitting there listening to music. Nothing wrong with music, but to me, my time is better spent educating myself and just continuing to learn and to grow. And, yeah. and I've translated that into the business, you know, trying to grow the business, to scale the business, to understand, you know, hey, you have to educate yourself, you have to grow on everything. So like Kenny was referencing, you know, I don't want to be in that position whereby, you know, I have people uh, and they're feeling, hey, you know what, I could do better, you know. The fact that they feel that I could do better, I want to be able to anticipate that. It's like, okay, that's good. I want to groom you for this position. I want to groom you for this position in the company. So mm -hmm. if I can do that diligently, if I can learn from that myself, uh, which I'm doing, then it will put me in a better position even as a, you know, as a business owner to be able to anticipate the change and not have to have that difficult conversation of telling somebody, hey, you know what, I have to lay you off or because of you know, the economy and stuff like that and what's going on right now. But being ahead of the curve, and Great. I think you, you guys have taught us well, you guys have trained us well, you guys support us well enough to be able to anticipate some of these changes and be able to uh, respond and not react to well, that's great. I love that just, you know, for a few selfish reasons that, you know, the stuff that we did and the sacrifices and the hard work, you know, it was noticed by you and, and a few others, but a lot of it goes greatly unnoticed. There's a lot of people that come through the doors that they just, they, they, they might not even think we're a great company. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. So it's really cool. I mean, you're definitely uh, a unique person in the sense where you were thinking differently than most of your peers. And I think that was evident uh, very early on, the way you approached the job, the way you approached the professionalism, the way you kept your uniform clean, the way you did book reports that were like sermons. I mean, they were awesome. <laughs> you would come in there and, and be like, and I read this and this is what we got to do out there, guys. And you would literally like internalize it, but also, you know, not just give a report, you would talk about how to implement. And that was something, you know, and then I just want to say one more thing before we move on. Um, for anyone who was a business owner, there's like this really weird, scary thing that happens. And it happened with Peter is where you realize that you don't have much more for this person and that their time is limited that, you know what, for every month we had Peter after a certain amount of time, it was a gift. I'm like any day he's going to come in and say, I got to, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got an opportunity where I get to manage, or I get to really use all those skills that you had. It was I, I just remember knowing, kind of like what you said earlier, plan for the worst. It's not a pessimist thing. It's a, it's a realist thing. And there's a very big difference between half glass empty and then just being a realist and saying, if this, what would I do? And that's a really tough spot for business owners. But it's also natural. 
there's a, there's a life cycle. And in the field, it might be 10 years. You might get somebody from 22 years old to 32. Whatever it is, it is. Um, but for you, it was definitely, I remember that going, man, can we just create another position? You know, he's so good at this and so good at that. But anyway, um, it, it's awesome. You had a lot to learn. The, you were definitely not the normal. Yeah. Hey, you guys made all the mistakes, so we don't have to make the mistakes. Oh, I love it. We should use that soundbite. Uh, that's great. But it's true. I mean, that's the beauty of franchising. So um, you, 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 so you, you were here, you were all in to the day that you left. And then you actually took a job in management with a big uh, Anderson window company. And they had a, a gutter division with gutter helmet. So you were in your wheelhouse. And that's kind of where I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't really know if he's going back. It's kind of, it's not competing, but at the same time, it was like, you know, very similar and you were going to be able to use all those skills. So I'm really curious that now you've worked in the system, you installed for a long time, you had management capabilities, you're always a crew leader, always a lead. Um, now you were able to go and manage others and production and ordering and you got to work for a big kind of corporate company. What is it that kind of rather than saying, you know what, I'm going to go grab a gutter helmet territory or you know what, I can go be Peter's windows and gutters. At that point, you saw enough of a franchise system, you saw enough of management, enough of a corporate structure. What is it that kind of circled you back to come and talk to us about a franchise? Wow, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked that question, Ryan. That's a very, very good question. And uh, I think I have a very great answer to it. I, I remember when I made the decision, they actually recruited me. That's, that's a crazy thing. They actually recruited me. Uh, a, a recruiter called me and all that stuff and went over everything. And it's like, hey, we have this, you know, Anderson Windows, uh, come and work for us and everything and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. It's a, it's a good, you know, it's something that definitely I wanted to take. It sounded good. I was a management position. I was like, you know what? I'll definitely give it a try. I wrestled with the idea uh, just because, you know, I know you guys as friends uh, and also as business uh, partners now. But the friendship was so strong. Where it's like, all right, you know, I really don't want to leave because uh, I was not scared, but I was like, oh my God, I don't want to, because I know what I meant to you guys and I know my value in the company, even at that time, and I was like, man, uh, that's a void. I know everything, anyone can be replaced, but you know, but to me, I still felt there's some qualities. I'm like, man, they can replace that. You know, this, this is me, you know what I'm saying? This is me, they can take that that's away. true, yeah. So, uh, so I, I did wrestle with that idea, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I definitely wanted to take the opportunity and learn it because it was in management. It was managing a, a new field I hadn't been in. And, uh, but I do remember even when I left, uh, uh, I think Kenny had sent me, you know, a territory map. Or, no, I told Kenny, he's like, no, I told you guys, he's like, I'll be back. In the back of my mind, I knew where home was. I knew where family was. So regardless of where I was going, I still knew where, where family was or where my final bread was going to be broken and stuff like that and kenny had sent me a map of you know the territory right here where i am actually in charlotte because i told him i'll be interested in this area so those are the it's like little seeds that were planted i knew i was coming back um you know what? i'm just going to say that out i knew i was coming back it was just a matter of when huh. uh, so but when i took that opportunity i wanted to i wanted to understand and i got there and uh and they offered me actually transitioned into managing their got a helmet division so pretty much installed you know doing all the gutters everything in that territory and we covered all the whole of northeast all there from west not northeast from westchester 
in Albany, all the way to Albany. We have the territory right there. Uh, so I walked there. I did everything. So pretty much it was like a startup for that division. They did have one in Albany, but the one in Hudson Valley, so I was the one in charge of it, and they brought everything up. I walked everything from scheduling, from ordering, from hiring, from firing. All that stuff was done there. They did have some systems which we had to implement, but I had to bring my own, you know, version and stuff like that. So I learned a lot of this. So a lot of was thrown on my plate actually on that first year, and I took it as a challenge because of the person that I am. I was putting in close to seventy, almost close to eighty hours a week. Wow. I was there by I was there by five in the morning, making sure that everything is good, that all the materials, everything is set and ready clients even that I need to respond to uh, I did all that when the crew came when the crews came in everybody was out and everything by the time then I had to go do services you know past clients and stuff like that by the time I was getting home I was getting home sometimes close to nine almost every day wow so I, I learned a lot but it also took a lot out of me because uh, I remember like in, in the first in in, in the first year as running that department, I think our revenue goal, I was able to achieve a revenue goal of almost close to 1.8 million. And that was like, man, if I can do that for somebody else, think about how good it can be if I did it for myself. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and this is the greatest thing. This is, um, um, this is a testimony to you guys. And I want you guys to listen very carefully. So that was working there. You know, we talk about culture, we talk about our respect, we talk about all these things. That was a defining moment. Yes, I had a lot of success when I was working for Renova Anderson, got a helmet of Eastern New York. Uh, but now when you bring the other part of it is, okay, what's the culture there? You know, how do your superiors view you? How do your direct managers uh, view you? How do they look at you? Are you appreciated? Do you find any work in the company? Do you do all these things? Now, there now we are going from being right here to being right here. And this being the brothers just together. So this being Ken and Ryan, from what I had learned from you guys. Like it was day and night. He's like, yes, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, you look at your account. Yeah, your paycheck is decent. But emotionally, you came from here. Now you're right here. I've been, everything has been taken away from me. So it became, it became just another job. Nothing wrong with it, nothing bad to say about it. But the culture to me, it wasn't a fit for me. It wasn't a fit from what I knew with the brothers just together. It wasn't a fit from what I knew with Ken and Ryan. It wasn't a fit from the things that I had learned. You know, if I had an issue, I could go to Ken and Ken would loan me his truck because I had issues with my car and I drove it, you know, even though it was breaking down, but I, I, you know, I had that opportunity. You know, the same thing, I remember this one time I went on vacation and Ryan, you actually gave me your car to go on vacation with. I mean, you cannot compare that. I don't care what company you work with, but if you have bosses that do that to you or a company that does that to you, people that do that to you, it's a total different. So to me, the culture was so much different than working at a place whereby somebody is, I don't want to say backing orders to you, but gives you orders, but doesn't see the great picture or doesn't appreciate the talent that you bring mm. or doesn't understand. It's like, hey, you know what? I just gave you 1.8 million in one year from a startup. But somebody doesn't see that. All they see is probably, hey, you know what? Hey, here we missed a goal. Here we missed a goal, which is okay. But if you cannot be able to do the one minute manager thing whereby you you know you praise 
whatever it is, give credit where it's due, and then you take the other thing. So all that to me lacked. So I wanted a place where, by yes, you can make the money, you can do all that, you get your six figures at the end of the year, but emotionally you drain. Yeah. Your family, your family doesn't even know you. You don't have the time for it and stuff like that. So that was a key thing to me. So I did learn everything. I did everything I I, I got from them. But at the end of the day, the culture was day and night. I didn't feel appreciated, and I'm not afraid to say that. You know, it's like you're being used because of your talents, but that's about it. But I didn't feel appreciated as much. Uh, so it, it got to a point whereby, as I, when, when I had received all the training I had experience hands-on experience that I had you know learned from them and everything and all that stuff as a company I was like why not you yeah. know what I've done all this for somebody else so I'm working for a wage why not try and work for profits instead of working for wages nice and so, it was, so it was an easy transition so I came back to my first love I came back home uh, uh, and it was uh, and that was me right was. <laughs> <laughs> and to me that was that was it I think a lot of people, uh, Peter, that would be listening to this, and I'm sure there are people in the gutter business that probably listen to these podcasts, um, that the thing that may be going on in their head is, well, you know, they might not make the connection of, well, why, if you learned all this stuff from Brothers Gutters, then you went to this other company and you managed to do 1.8 million, why the heck would you sign up in a franchise and not just go out on your own? And give us all your money. And give us all you might. <laughs> all right. So let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, why, why make all the mistakes when somebody else has done it? You know, I said that before. Why make all the mistakes when somebody else has done it for you and somebody else is giving you a playbook? You know, I'm sure for us as a business, as a franchise, you know, we always say we run our business like a, you know, like a professional football team. So there's plays, there's all these calls and everything, all these audibles and all that stuff where you, you know, special teams and everything. Why do I have to struggle so much uh, to build all that? Because mm. until, until I got on the other side, now as a business owner, because it, it's easy, it's easy to say like Ken has said, you know, hey, I've learned all these things and I've seen it, I've been in the system, let me just do it. There's so many other moving parts that people do not understand that I didn't even understand myself. You know what I'm saying? But a franchise system, Oh my God, it, it offers you, I, don't, I, I want to say the comfort. It's not the easy way out, but to me, it's the best way out. Uh, it offers you a comfort level whereby everything is structured, everything is a system, and if you follow the system and the process, then this is the end result. It's as simple. You add one plus one, you get two. You don't add one plus one and get 12 or 11. <laughs> one and one, you put them together, you get 11. So to me, the, the franchise system offered me that. Well, but yes, I had all these experience. I had all these things. I had all these technologies. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That was, you know, you're seeing everything from the top, but you're not seeing anything from the bottom. Like if you, if you think of an iceberg, right? At the top, you see like a tiny little icicle and everything. You're like, oh, yeah, there's an iceberg. But wait until you see what's under the ocean. That's when you realize, whoa. Yeah. All these things. So to me, a franchise system is that, you know, it, it doesn't only give you a glimpse of what's at the top, but it definitely takes care of what's at the bottom, how to manage that big icicle that's at the bottom. So that's really like, interesting. Yeah, like Kenny was saying, yeah, you know, somebody has, you know, you've done it, you've done all this, just go and start Peter's Gardens here. Okay, yeah, you can start. You, you can definitely do that. 
But by the time you think about branding, by the time you think about advertising, by the time you think about hiring, by the time you think about all the legal things that you need to be in place, you know, I didn't have to do all that. I had a, I had a playbook. I had a playbook I was given when I joined the franchise. It's like, hey, bang, 300 and something, whatever, 200 and something pages. This is a playbook. It tells you in the manual. It tells me what the things that you need to do to get you set up. Then you have a team that backs me up. Uh, you might have any questions as far as mentoring from you guys. I have a marketing team that backs me up. All those are factors that people don't think of or don't realize, you know, when they say, yeah, I'm just going to start, you know, he just got it and stuff like that. But to me as a franchisee, is that, you know, I don't have to worry about that because all those are laid out. It's just me taking advantage of them and making sure I follow the process and stuff like that. Yep. That's awesome. And what's so interesting to me is we are a really transparent company. We share our numbers, we share our vision, we, you know, teach people everything. We have manuals for everything. So it's really interesting to hear you say that even though we're so transparent from our end, that once you buy a franchise and now you actually get to go behind the curtain and you see the other side, there's still so much more, um, nothing that we're hiding. It's just that what it goes into a business, into that playbook. So that was even eye-opening for you, right? Is what you're saying? Correct. Yep. One of the things that I thought was pretty eye-opening to, which kind of can uh, summarize what has been said already, is when being part of uh, a group of people like we have the privilege to be with all these great franchisees as well, uh, including yourself, is that, you know, when, when a pandemic hit back in March, I, I really felt like... Um, we as a company, uh, because there's so many of us putting our heads together on it, plus the, the franchise or uh, company, I, I think that we were way ahead of the curve when it came to knowing exactly what we needed to do. When I saw other companies asking all kinds of questions and still asking questions, and it was not March, it was not April, but it was May. And, 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 and I'm part of other forums specific to our industry and you could just see that some of these other small businesses they didn't know what was going on they didn't know what to do should i get the loan should i get this should i do this should i do that should i buy another truck should i not you know and i really felt like man we made a decision all the way back in march and and uh can you speak to that a little bit you know um i know you, you talk about systems you talk about marketing and stuff like that but um, as far as, you know, uh, the proactive, I feel like the proactiveness that we have uh, with this kind of uh, business strategy uh, has been uh, pretty amazing. Not, not because of, uh, you know, there's things obviously that Ryan and I have worked on with systems and stuff to help everybody. But I really feel that, um, you know, it, it just speaks to the, um, you know, the more heads are better than one and, and having that community. I think people are, I think people in our industry that, you know, they, they go it alone for so long, but there is a, a sense of community that's missing when it's you. And I, I know that very well because I started my company and it was just me. Um, but I'd much rather be a part of community. I feel that most people in general would want to be part of a community what do you, what is the advantage that you see with the pandemic and everything that happened and some of the stuff that you're just saying, maybe you could expound on it a little bit more. 
Yeah, so it's, it's true. I, I remember when everything was uh, starting to unfold, you know, uh, in March and everything, and it's like, all right, what's going to happen and, and stuff like that. One of the, the first things was as soon as we understood what's going on and everything's going on, we had a team meeting as far as the franchise and everything. You know, that's the first thing we called. It's like, all right, let's bring our heads to the table. Uh, let's understand what's going on uh, and let's formulate a plan going forward. So in other words, we don't want to be caught with our pants down. You know, something is happening and all this stuff is like, oh my God. So as a franchise system, you know, I remember all the franchisees and everything, you know, we had a call and we had everything. And so we can discuss and figure out, it's like, okay, what's going on? What's really happening this? And if you're by yourself, you feel pretty much you. If you're a single, you know, you're not a franchise system, you don't have a community like that, you'll be stuck. But we had that. And we had, a, we had a meeting and we talked and we're like, all right, so let's throw it all out there. What are we seeing in our different markets, you know, from San Antonio all the way up to uh, New York and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and all these other areas. So we're trying to figure out okay, what's going on. So we had a lot of input. Everybody's like, yeah, this is what's going on in our market. This is what we're seeing and this is what's happening. Uh, but we're able to formulate a plan going forward. It's like, all right, this is what we need to do. And you guys even did a podcast, you know, how to overcome these challenges, you know, treating your business as your greatest asset. Like you've got to protect your baby, you've got to protect it. So these are some of the things that we discussed. And if somebody's there, you know, on their side, they're not a franchise system, they might not have that, you know, ability to speak on that or talk to somebody on that. But we had that. So we had that support. So we came up with a plan franchise-wise, like, hey, this is what we need to do. All right, this is happening. So make sure we work on our cash reserve, okay? Anything we can do, anywhere we can, whatever stuff we can defer as far as loans or anything like that, you know, if you work with your banks, work with your, you know, uh, all these carriers that we have, we did that, you know? Yep. So we had a forum, we had a place, a platform, we could discuss those things and come up with a plan going forward. And even as far as marketing, how do we handle this? All right, how do we respond to you know all the government regulations, the CDC regulations? How do we handle that but still be able to serve our clients? Uh, so the the system offered that for us, you know, because we are a community, because we can discuss uh, and this freedom, we were able to come up with formulas to kind of overcome, you know, some of the anticipated changes, so to speak, in the market. And I think for me personally, as a franchise, I've seen that success. And I'm sure most of the other places, I mean, New York and you know, Pennsylvania, and you guys had like about six week period, you couldn't do anything. Uh, but because of the strategies and the plans that we did, and uh, you know, we did all the research on the PPP loan, how can we take advantage of this and be able to sustain our businesses and stuff like that. We are still in a place whereby we can, we got back on track and try to stay focused and achieve our goals. Uh, so that offered a lot of help, you know, just being able to understand that, hey, we can meet monthly, we can meet, uh, you know, every other two weeks, we can call one another and discuss what's happening in our markets. Yeah. So our franchise system, our franchise system has offered us that, and not only a franchise system, but you guys, the relationship that we have makes it even easier, you know, can be like, hey, this is what's happening in my market, and, you know, somebody else, I know there's somebody I can call and talk to. That it is going through the same thing or we're in the same boat and it, it feels it feels good. So those are some of the advantages, man. Just being able to discuss things ahead of time as a franchise, as a uh, company, and uh, you know, having a strategy going forward. It's great. And I know that was like it was scary for us as the franchisors, you know, because you know everyone's looking to you for answers. So the amount of research and 
you know, people that are like, all right, what do we do? You know, it's, it was definitely a crazy thing to navigate. And in hindsight, I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of you guys. Like to get through this the way we did was absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, so that's awesome. What I wanted to discuss is growth. You know, we, we, we've hit on it a lot during this podcast, but I'd, I'd say let's, let's, let's be specific. Um, there's, a, there's a few things that happen in our business that I think other people would think is scary, and sometimes it is scary. And one of those being, we added another rung to our ladder. We've added another opportunity within our business model. So if you work, I mean, whether you work for Peter or you work for New York or you work for the franchise, you have the opportunity to go and buy a franchise at some point. And obviously there's some qualifications and things like that. But for some people, that's really scary. Like anybody that had you as an employee or anybody who's listening going, man, if I only had a Peter, like this would be the best business ever. I could finally do everything I've ever wanted to do. But at the end of the day, you don't, you don't always get to keep somebody like you, you know? So you have to be real about that. And there is an opportunity. And we've had three people, you, Jimmy, and James, all, you know, do a brothers that just do gutters. And, and that is really cool. So on the growth side of things, um, that's what's really exciting that there is no ceiling um, for when you work for the brothers. There truly is, I mean, mm -hmm. business ownership. Um, I guess there's a ceiling in business ownership at some point. There's only so much you can do or make, but um, things do change. So I think that's an awesome opportunity. And what I would like to kind of discuss is what just because you worked for the brothers doesn't mean that you should get a franchise, you know, in your opinion, and I have my own opinion and Ken, what would it take? Um, what are the, some of the qualities that we should be looking for in a person that says all of a sudden they've been installing gutter for three years or they've been selling gutter. Or they don't care. Maybe they're in the marketing team. They come to us and say, I want to buy a franchise. What would you, what, what do we need to be looking at here? Hey, I'll just say clone me, clone Jimmy. Clone somebody, clone somebody like Angelo. Well, you're almost out of brothers and sisters. You know, we, we can't clone any more of you guys, you know? Well, that's a, that, that's a very a, a great question. Uh, I think some of the qualities that, that you know, uh, let me, I'm going to reflect on myself and some of the ones that I've seen on, on other people. I think that would give us a good idea, a good, you know, picture of what it took uh, to be a great, not to be a great franchise leader, but somebody who has the potential to. I think one of them is uh, somebody who is responsible. Yep. Just by looking at, so when I talk about responsibility, somebody who understands, you know, this is not a seven to three or nine to five kind of job, but somebody who takes ownership of what they're doing and is responsible enough to understand that I have a job. All right. So my job is to produce this. And then as a result of producing that, then I get paid. I get my wages at the end of the week. Uh, not the other way around. I just want to do something so I can get paid. No, but understanding, let me take care of what needs to be taken care of. Then you, you know, you get paid. So having that kind of responsibility, having that, that mindset that you care for what you do, I think it ties into that, that you care for the business itself. Yeah. You know, not just the paycheck, but you care for the work that you do. That's where now the quality comes in. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at the work that they do, is it a quality work? Is it, is it somebody who is responsible, somebody that you can trust? Like we say, integrity is what you do and nobody else is looking. You know, is this somebody that, you know, when you're on the other side turning a blind eye, you feel confident that everything is still being done? 
Mm. You know, they're not cutting corners and stuff like that. So somebody who is who is responsible, uh, you know, definitely loves what they're doing, respects you as an owner and respects your business. So that's another thing, respect. You know, does you respect your property? You know, it could be your vehicles. You know, we have a lot of employees that drive our company vehicles. All right, how are they doing it? Is this somebody just, you know, a speed bump running over it just because it's a company truck? Yeah, who cares? And we'll just take it to J&J and they'll fix it, run, and Ken will pay the bill. Or is this somebody who is like, oh, my God, you know what? Hey, this is a truck. I've got to take it clean. It's like, oh, at the end of two weeks, oh, my God, this truck looks a little dirty. Hey, boss, is there a way we can wash this truck? So those are some of the keys that I look for. Somebody who respects your property, uh, not just, you know, your stuff. Okay, it's, it's your tools and everything. Somebody respects the tool, the tool that are in the yeah. truck. You know, so these are the small keys that I think I look for. Uh, somebody who, so as I said, somebody who has integrity will do whatever they need to do regardless of who's watching. Somebody who's respectful of you as a person, but also of your your properties. And respect to me, uh, when they respect you as a person, if this, you know, because sometimes, like even for myself, you know, there's some days if it's a big job, I'll go help the crews in the field. Just because I have to, you know, I'm like, this is a big job. I want to make sure everything goes right. But you don't want a crew that when you're not there, it's like, oh my God, now the boss is not here. He left us out here in 90 degree weather. That's not somebody that respects you. That's somebody who's trying to be your equal, yet they haven't put in all the work, they haven't done all the sacrifices, or they haven't put in the investment. Mm. But somebody who respects you for your position, understanding, hey, you know what, this guy, yes, just, just because he has a business, he has a truck, he has a machine, he has a shop, he has an office, he has everything. It's not just he dished up money and he got all these things. He had to make sacrifices to get that. So they will respect that for, uh, for, for that. So that's mm. another key thing that I look for, someone who respects not only me as a person, but respects my property. That's great. So you you've, know, got the, the, uh, you've got the two R's. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, re, what was the first one? Responsibility and mm -hmm. respect. And uh, yeah. I love those. I think those are huge. And the way you framed that was awesome. And one of the things that you know, we talk about is, are the three H's. Ken, you want to hit the three H's? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think that people also have to have uh, is a hunger to want to do all those two things that you just talked about. You know, hunger, uh, I think, encapsulates a lot of different things in a person. Uh, it, it's, it, there's a drive within them to want to strive uh, to, to, do, to do more themselves. And I really think that, that the type of culture and atmosphere that we've created here uh, in our, in our, our brand is that, you know, it's, it's a culture for people that can do what you just said, but have a hunger for wanting to do it too, because they understand that when I conduct myself in a certain manner and way that even though, you know, maybe cause I'm just starting out, uh, you know, the money isn't at the level of where I really want it to be. Uh, but I know that there's a pathway as long as I do these things and I have a hunger and a drive to do those things and I'm passionate about it. And then I'm honable uh, or teachable is another way to say it and uh, have uh, a spirit of humility uh, going through these things and realizing that, you know, there's no shortcuts, you know, hard, I got to put the hard work in to get to the other side of success. And no matter if I'm starting out as an installer in the field or a sales guy or whatever, you know, the, the sky is the limit depending on my hunger. And, yep. and what are my personal goals? And my personal goals align myself with those types of things. I really believe that 
you know, the last thing being honorable or have, being a person of character and integrity is, you know, all those things will follow. Money will always follow somebody that I feel has the two R's or the three H's and those things and are applying them on a daily basis. Those are the types of people who are going to see success. Yep. You know, success for you started a long, long time ago back in Kenya. <laughs> you know, yep. you, you learn the basic foundational qualities of what it needs, uh, what it takes to be a leader early on. You embrace that. Was it, you know, did it happen overnight? No, <laughs> you know, you just became a business owner just a few years ago. But all that hard work that you put in, all that sacrifice, all those things, that's when somebody comes into your company and the qualities that you're looking for, I think are, are right on Peter, because those are the type of people that we want because they're like us and they understand that, you know, things aren't handed over to them on a silver platter uh, yeah. or they haven't been spoon fed by mommy and daddy. Uh, and you know, they're like this spoiled, spoiled kid that cuts corners and, you know, ends up into trouble or not holding up to the standards uh, that are needed to have, long-standing success uh and that's really what it takes and uh i think that you know um and that's why you're successful yeah and, and many of other franchisees uh, are as well so to, so to recap the three h's we we look for when we're hiring anybody or even looking that someone wants to buy a franchise are hungry honable and honorable and peter you hit it perfectly honorable it's having integrity it's doing the right thing when nobody is looking and mm -hmm. And what's crazy is a lot of people ask us uh, this, this next question. They ask us, you know what? Like, aren't you afraid of losing a great installer when somebody who's installing gutters and you rely on them and, and Peter, you know, your revenue per hour, everything about you was like, I didn't even have to worry. I never thought about like, is Peter going to call in again today? Never. Like there was nothing but goodness about what you did in your truck. And that's a great question that like, well, aren't you concerned? And that kind of really goes back to this new saying. And I, I picked up this saying um, from a guy that uh, we interviewed for a, a position. And he's, he said, and he kind of encapsulated what we've been trying to say for years, but you have to be replaceable to be promotable. And you and Jimmy in particular, the, the business was at a point like, yes, we definitely felt you guys leave, but we didn't go under. We didn't necessarily miss any goals because we had depth. You were training guys, guys that grew that were trained under you had a lot of the same qualities. They weren't you, but they had a lot of the same qualities. Jimmy, I remember when he moved on, it was perfect timing. We actually had more leads than, than I think we had trucks. So, but then let's fast forward to James. This one actually hurt. This was a, like the, the time where James wanted to, um, you know, start his franchise. New York at that particular time did not have a ton of leads. We actually did feel it that that was one of those ones that I didn't want to squash his dreams and say, I'm sorry, you can't start a franchise um, because, you know, there's not quite enough depth in the field. But I almost, because we're not ready. <laughs> at the same point, at the same point, I almost wish I did and said, you know what, you want to start a franchise, then you got to replace yourself. What are you doing to help train so that there's not a gap? And it wasn't on him. I don't want anyone to, to misconstrue that. That's on us. That's on us making sure our team is good. But it only enforces that if you want any sort of promotion, the best way to get a promotion is to replace yourself. You know, so Peter, you took care of everything that you possibly could do to leave us 
the best way possible for your exit. Jimmy did the same thing. You know, uh, James, it wasn't on him to do that, but it was a time where I was like, man, if we can only launch this guy in the spring, that would be awesome to get through the busy season. It didn't work out that way. And of course we made it work, but yes, that's one of the things that, you know, um, we think about. And if you are thinking about, you know, getting a promotion, like just as simple as some people that are installing gutters want to sell gutters. Well, the easiest way to make that happen is to not be as valuable in the field. And it doesn't mean by doing a bad job. It means like, look guys, uh, my crew, I haven't run my truck in three weeks. This guy's been running and I've been his apprentice. Give me the sales job. Give me a shot. You're not going to feel it when I exit. And I don't think a lot of people think that way. Um, but you did. Jimmy did, you know, James did. There are people that do think that way and that's huge. So the point I'm just trying to make is yes, nobody wants to lose good people, but if you have depth and a vision for them to do something greater, it's actually kind of a, a nice thing to uh, help somebody to go and move on to bigger and better things. And also yeah, you know, to, 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 to bring out um, with that is, you know, when you have a replaceable to be promotable attitude and your goal is to become a business owner, like, yourself, Peter, that whole uh, frame of mind and mindset will translate into success for with you when you're teaching your team and your guys and, and casting that vision for them, don't you think? Yep, yeah, definitely. It's, it's so funny. It's so crazy because uh, I have one of my employees right now. He hasn't been with us too long, I think for almost a month. Uh, and one of the things, the first, the first week that he started to work for me, he had two AWOs, that's additional work orders that we do as a company. And I hadn't even trained him on that. So the only way he, the only way he knew about the AWOs was just because, uh, you know, during the interview process, you know, when I'm talking about some of the opportunities that they can do to benefit themselves and add money to themselves, you know, I spoke about it and what it's, what it's, what, what it is <clears throat> briefly. Uh, but long story short is that in these past two weeks, he's already done that. So in my head, I already saw him like, this guy has a lot more potential than just being a field person. It's good he's in the field right now, but I'm already thinking, I'm like, all right, down the road, you know, if I continue to build my field and have a great and deep bench, this is somebody that I can actually, you know, based on his, because he's done a little bit of sales too as well, like in, in the past, I'm like, this is somebody that I can transition to that position, like if I have the need to, because he already has experience for it too as well. So it's just identifying. It's just identifying and realizing, you know, putting the cogs and everything in the right spots. That's one thing I realize is very critical because somebody can be so talented in one area, you know, and then they grow the area, but what better way to use their, <clears throat> their strength or where can I put them? So that's one thing that I'm doing daily. Like all the guys that I have is like, you know, I'm trying to identify, okay, you, I see, this is what I see in you. I self, you know, how I identify, but I'm also hoping they self-identify what works for them. And uh, I think that's a great thing because once you can do that and you be able to try and put people in the right spots, everything works great. Because sometimes, as you said, you can have all these leads, you can have all these great people, but if everybody's focusing on one thing, what you might realize, hey, if I just tweak this and move this guy here, it might turn out to be such a great asset. So I'm constantly, you know, thinking, I'm like, all right, you know, taking inventory of their strengths, what yep. he's doing, uh, what I think that he's kind of self-identifies, like, hey, I'm good at this. All right, so I'm going to help you. I'm going to train you to get to that. 
But in the meantime, let's try and replace you. It's the same thing for us as uh, business owners, as leaders, you know, you want to replace yourself in so many ways. And I've seen it in both of you guys, you know, Kenny used to install with us, you know, uh, Ryan, you did sales and things like those. But eventually you guys put people in those positions. You know, you used to order stuff, you used to do all this stuff. Eventually we got a, you know, you got a field supervisor in job and stuff like that. All right, eventually we got the lead guys. Then we got a, a crew leader too as well for the lead guys and everything. So I think it's identifying and kind of multiplying and developing the key people that you want. And yeah. eventually you eventually you have a team that works together and that that's great. It's just identifying awesome. those talents and building it up. That's great. And and you hit a really big thing in that is you have to identify where the um the goalpost is. You know, people need to know what a touchdown looks like or what winning looks like. And a lot of us say, yeah, someday it'd be great. Yeah. Hey man, as we grow, yeah, you can do sales. That's just like this cloud of maybe. But to say, if you want to do sales, that looks like two crews and and you've replaced yourself. So that's the goalpost. That's that's where your next that's where your next um, move, you know, a lateral move from the field to sales. If you want that, the only way I'm going to put you in that position is when we get to here. So why don't we do that together? And that's where I think we really excel is by, it's not just this vision, like someday we're going to be a huge company. It's like, yes, someday we're going to be, you know, multi-million dollar company. We're going to have a fleet of trucks and here's what we're going to be this year. And here's what we're going to be next year. And here's where I picture you. And I think that's great. That's really good. Do you find also, Peter, what Ryan just said to add to it, being in a franchise model, you're just not pointing at yourself either, right? You can say to guys that are coming into your business and say, look what these guys did in New York, you know? And if Ryan and Ken Parsons could do it, we certainly could do it, <laughs> right? Hey. But, but, but also you get to look at and say, hey, look what Jimmy Olang did in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Come on, guys. We're in Charlotte. Charlotte's a big city. Allentown is like, you know, you drive through it in two seconds, you're already, you know, on the other side of it, you know, so, you know, isn't it, do you find that there's value there too? Like you can paint not like a bigger picture for these guys and just say, Hey, look at this is what other, this is not just what New York has done, you know, cause they've been in business since 1999, but, but look at what these guys are doing in their first year of business, their third year of business, their second year and, and fifth year of business. And you can, do you think that there's any, um, uh validity to that or or uh does that give uh people also a little bit of uh hope yep. no oh it definitely does if you go back to the brothers let me go back to waterfall yeah waterfall, waterfall <laughs> seamless guys, right so if you go back to to waterfall seamless guys like you you know if somebody came in fresh and all that stuff and everything where well, we started back in your mom's place correct kenny yep. think about that yeah um, with a little bar, a little barn with a dirt floor. Yeah, the little barn outside there. Good place to spin around your car. I think you did that one time trying to. Anyway, but that's a long story. But if you go back to that, so if, if that's a picture that somebody sees in the in the beginning, somebody might not catch the vision. Somebody might not really see it, you know. But then fast forward, then you move to your uh, your other place, at your other residence. Fast forward, then you guys bought another property just down the street. You had the rental properties that you were holding. You had the office right there. Fast forward, we moved to LaGrange, where we were, you know, on the other side. And to me, that was like, whoa, you know, when we go to LaGrange, it was nice, awesome. There's a big parking lot at the back there. You know, the, the shop is at the bottom, the office is on the top. But you guys moved from one side of the building. Fast forward, you go to the other side of the building. So those are all pictures that you're painting. 
So for somebody like me, that's what I said, even though I was leaving, I knew I was going to come back because I'd already seen the blueprint, kind of. Is that like just, you know, you follow the breadcrumbs, just see where they are, see what's happening, see what's going on. So it paints a great big picture. And fast forward to this year, when we had our conference, you know, early this year in March, right? What did I say when I walked into that building? I, was, I don't know if you was, said anything because your mouth was on the floor. You were just dreaming. You were like, oh, man. I, I, I called him. I called him. But what I'm trying to say is that painted a picture to me whereby I was like, you know what? Any head trash that I might have had or somebody might have had, throw that out of the window. Like anything that you can think is not possible, just throw it out. It's just like you say, the hunger, the edge, the other edge. How hungry are you? How much do you want? All right. So if we come back from your barn at your mom's place to the place you guys have right now, this um, the amount of square feet. I mean, you have all the space you could need. Like if you wanted to sublet some of the areas, you could if you wanted to. You got employees in that office ranging close to 50 or over 50. So to me, when I look at that, or, or if I paint that picture, and a good example is you know, some of the other franchises, you know, when I talk to my employees, I tell them, hey, I have my brother in law in Pennsylvania, look at what he's done. Hey, I have another, another peer of mine in San Antonio, look at what he's done. I have another close peer just right here in uh, uh, Georgia, look at what they have done and stuff like that on all the other franchises. I'm like, this thing is doable. So when you paint that picture, when you give somebody that and they can see, you know, you know, sometimes you say, you know, build it and they'll come, but sometimes you just have to show them and tell them. And to me, that changed everything. When I walked into that building in New York, that's it, the pictures. But pictures, you know, they, they're good, but they don't tell you the whole truth. But when I walked into that building, I was flabbergasted. I was like, wow, now this is life. And when I came back, I told my wife, that is what I'm going to have, and that is what I want. So right now, every time I drive in Charlotte, every, I'm, I'm just seeing buildings. I'm just seeing a brother's got his logo. That's pretty much, that's all I'm seeing. I'm like, all right, I see you building. I know you're not being sold. You're not being rented. But to me, it's already there. So that's awesome. I'm, tra I'm training my mind. I'm training everything, even the guys I'm hiring. I'm telling them I'm selling them the vision, but I'm also trying to walk them through it and, Hey, so it goes a great way. When somebody sees what's been done, I think to me it's a great thing to look at the franchise, see the success that we've had, that you guys have had. There's no yeah. other, there's just no comparison. It just, it trumps everything else. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. That's great. I appreciate that. So here's what I want to talk about, and then I'm going to kind of make fun of you, and then we're going to get to the other side of that. It's going to be awesome. So, you know, some of the qualities that you have are just outrageous organization, um, I've never seen a guy more efficient and organized uh, than you. Uh, your leadership, your education, your vision, integrity. Um, but I, I kind of want to talk about um, one of the struggles that you had early on in the franchise. And this was kind of one of our biggest, my biggest concern when you said you wanted mm -hmm. to buy a franchise. I was like, I said, all right, as long as he's not selling, as long as, if he can hire a salesperson out the gate, <laughs> he's going to be awesome because Peter – even when you sold AWOs, you know, you, you kind of, you, you didn't have a natural sales ability. You can see what mm -hmm. they needed, but you struggled to be, you were never the top AWO salesperson mm -hmm. when you were, you know, everything that you were, you were good at. But when it came to sales, I was like, that's okay. Not everybody's good at everything. You know, Peter has some flaws and the way it, it worked out is you weren't able to successfully find a salesperson right away. 
and you had the sales hat on and oh my gosh, you had a 10% close rate and it was scary. And it was like, oh crap, you know, we kind of saw this coming, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't tap out. You didn't even like, maybe you didn't even hear us and are concerned because you're so driven that you just, you literally, and I'm going to let you tell the rest, but it, I'm sure you were scared and we were nervous because we saw the opportunity. There was definitely leads. But then when we saw what you were able to bring back, it was like, oh my gosh, this is a little bit, this is a little bit scary. Yeah. But so now I want to talk about your mindset and the growth and the hunger. And how did you overcome that? Because it was big. Yeah, it was. So, so it's great. As you say, not everybody's as strong as, uh, you know, in all areas and everything. It's just a matter of finding your niche. So uh, I've never done sales as a profession before or anything like that. You know, they say life is sales, which is true. You know, you're always selling yourself and stuff like that. But selling a product is a whole different story to, to speak of. Uh, so it's one of those areas. You know, it's one of those things that uh, you take it, you run with it, and then you see what's happening. Uh, or maybe you, you think you know because you've seen somebody else do it or have success in it. So you think it comes naturally. Uh, so, but that wasn't the case. So I had to really sit back take inventory of myself you need to take a self assessment and all right okay what what is it that needs to be done uh what is it that i'm either doing wrong or what is it that i'm assuming you know because sometimes you assume hey the lead hey you give them an estimate hey they're going to buy you know it might not it's not always the case like everything has to tie in together so what i had to what i realized is like you know one you have to continually educate yourself uh like there's you you have to do your research, like your market research, uh, so to speak. But in this case, you have to understand what is it that the consumer wants? How can I really approach this from the consumer perspective to understand them that this is, because we're in a very unique market, uh, not just I'm here in Shawa, I'm just saying uh, as a gutter industry, we're in a market where we're dealing with customers' needs. It's not something they want. You know, somebody may want a pair of shoes, somebody may want an ice cream, but gutters is a need. You know, they need it to protect their asset. So when you start to understand all those different aspects, so I had to educate myself and understand this is a need. They have called us and they want us to go out there, uh, you know, and figure it out and you know, give them a solution. So I just continue to educate myself. I continue to plow, clearly listening to you guys. I wasn't ignoring you guys. I was listening. I mean, my head is like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna show it. I'm not gonna show any fear. I'm not gonna, you know, give anything up. But I'm taking notes and I'm taking inventory and I'm listening to everything and I'm going to turn this thing around. So it comes back to the hunger that Kenny was talking about. It's like, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to make it work. Because one, to me, one failure was never an option. It just <laughs> has, nev it has never been and will never be. Regardless of what it is, I'm not going to let that be an excuse. If this ship burns down, it's because the virus has wiped everybody out. I'm not a virus <laughs> but not because uh, the opportunities or the training and everything is, is not there. And, and I, then I also made a decision to channel my, you know, all the resources that I have. You know, we have some great, excellent salespeople like even up in New York, uh, like Mario, we have uh, Danny, you know, and, and people like those. So I reached out to them too as well and just to pick up their brains and understand how they do things. Uh, so all those avenues are also the franchise actually offer. So it's easy, you know, we have a network of uh, and then I just continue to plug at it, continue to understand the market, uh, continue to understand it, where you need to stand. And as I said, educate yourself and things like those. And 
I just fought through. Just have the never give up attitude. Yeah. And that could, and, and that's the other part of the franchise system that I was, I was talking about. Like, yes, it's great. Everything is given to you. Like you have the blueprint, but you have to have a never give up attitude. You have to have, I'm going to fight to the end to make this thing work. So that's what I just did. You know, just plug through, plug through yeah. this every advice and did everything I could do on my part. If it burns down, like I said, it's not because of what I didn't do, but because of the virus. And and everything started to turn around. And once you see those small wins, you start to add the wins. You're like, oh, okay, definitely. So you build up on that, but you don't let let down. I think a lot of times we fail or people regress is when you get comfortable. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm at 50% close rate. I'm at 50% you know, dollar sold. So it's like, yeah, so it's all good. But no, why can't you be at 80? Why can't you be at 90 and 90? Why can't you be at 100%? Why can't they close everything? You know, that's the kind of attitude that I have right now. It's like, yeah, if it, if it, there's a reason there's a hundred percent. Yeah. Because you can do it if you want to. I mean, it's not, it might not, not be realistic, but at least let me get 80%. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the goal. And, uh, and I think if you set it for yourself and you, you work at it, you will definitely succeed. And one thing just to have to close that, that up is one thing I always tell myself is nobody will outwork me. I'm not going to let anybody outwork me. I might not be the, the most talented. Uh, other people have strengths in those areas, which is good. But you're not going to beat me because you outwork me. You beat yeah. me because of, because of your smarts or anything like that, which is cool, but not because you put more effort than I did. And I think that, that goes a long way. That is. I mean, that is the key mm. to everything is just you, you work. The, you know, we talked about the 10x rule and you just do 10 times more than anyone else and you're going you're gonna to come out on top. Um, so the reason I bring up that story is because it was, it was gigantic growth for you to go from a 10% close rate to, I believe you got almost to 60%, right? I mean, Correct. it was yep. the biggest turnaround. And because you were the owner, there was no firing the salesperson, you know, like if, if, if those metrics that you put up the first couple months were in any other department, we'd be like, you got to get rid of this guy, you know, and you know, and I'm no, no disparaging to you. But what was unbelievable was when we started to see the uptick and it's like, whoa, what's happening? Your average sales going up. And, and it was all that you just took massive amounts of activity in the one area that you were struggling in and you were reading books. You weren't listening to music in the car. You weren't saying, oh, well, you know, I don't have a salesperson. So until I do, I guess it is what it is. You were like, absolutely not. And then you literally within, I think it was four or five months. I don't remember how long it took. You were top in the sales department, in the franchise, you were within the top three people with all the metrics of close rate, dollar sold, average sale. And I'll, I'm just going to say one more thing that I think was a driving factor. And I'm, I'm just going to assume you and your wife keep the cleanest books and data of basically anybody. Every single sale you tracked, you know, we provide a sales tracker so you can keep track. So you could see on a daily basis, like, oh my gosh, you know, I landed two today. My close rate went up from 10 to 14. I'm making headway. It wasn't just in your head or your heart. You were watching the data and you were adjusting every day, daily, probably in between estimates, you were adjusting to get mm -hmm. to the other side. And I believe that was probably one of your most tremendous victories, um, you know, since you've started uh, this business. So well done and well, you know, you know, it's a good lesson for all of us. That's the story we get to tell people is that, you know, Peter started out at 10% close rate, but because of these actions, 
he was able mm -hmm. to be in the among the top um, people that sell in the whole franchise system. So I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you plowing through that because I believe we even learned something through that. <laughs> so Peter, I, have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. The Peter who you are today and compared to the Peter who you were at 10% to the Peter who's closing over 60%, you, you, you said you followed systems and, you know, there were some generalizations in there. What do you think was the biggest thing or thing that you did? And maybe there was multiple uh, details, if you could expound on that. You know, what were the things that you did? You know, obviously there was hard work and everything that was applied in there. But, you know, for somebody who's struggling in sales, uh, what would be your advice to them to improve their close rate and to, and, and, and to get to the point where, you know, I'm not doing very good at this and I'm not getting the results that, you know, uh, are expected um, to getting, to getting those results. How did you, how did you, what did you change and, and adapt and do to get there? So one of the things that I, I did was, uh, you know, I think one of the key things that, uh, help me out is being able to connect to the clients. Uh, like as soon as you, you know, as soon as you arrive there and all that stuff, you know, I always, I, I, I look for something that's, you know, common, something that we can talk about that's not even gutter related. You know, as soon as I get there, it's like, hey, Mrs. Jones, how are you doing? Wonderful, wow, it's, it's been hard the last few days and stuff like that. So we have a connection. So in other words, I want them to feel comfortable with me being there. I want them to feel comfortable with myself. So we build our, our rapport right there, you know, right off the, the gate and stuff like that. And then just being honest and being myself. Because uh, I realize a lot of people, a lot of clients, like sometimes I even read, you know, when I look at my estimates, you know, they're not saying, say, this guy is adamant, he only wants a cleaning. All right. So, you know, so definitely he's probably had, uh, you know, people trying to upsell him stuff and, and things like those. All right. So I, I take note of that. So I, I make sure, like, even when I approach them, I want to respect their views, but I tell them, hey, I'm just going to give you an honest opinion. I'm going to try to upsell you this. This is what needs to be done. So in other words, I let them know that, hey, whatever I'm giving you is a solution. Uh, and I always tell them, I'm not here to give you an estimate. I'm here to give you a solution for your issues. That's why my card says cheap solution is. Because hmm. I'm not here to give you an estimate. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to give you a solution for what you need. Uh, and we go over everything. So I think that has worked very great when they understand, hey, my goal here is to just give you a solution. I mean, it changes their perspective, you know, because they know a sales guy, you're coming to sell. I'm like, ah, don't worry about that. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here to give you a solution, but the solution comes at a price. That's how, I, I, that's how I look at it. So when they have that mentality of understanding, hey, you know what, this, this is a need that a client uh, want, has, and if you can fulfill that need, then you will definitely be able to get the sale. And not even that, also being able to follow up with the clients. So that's one thing I did very tenaciously. Like even if I don't get a yes uh, or, or a, you know, a no, I, I don't get a yes at the, at the end of the sale, I'll be like, all right, you know, you set up a next you know, step agreement whereby, hey, I can follow up with you in two days. Can I give you a call? How do you think about it? And we can talk about it. And, uh, you know, and then I took it one step further. I don't know if anybody else does this, like even after two days, if you send me an email, hey, Peter, we decided to go with a different company. All right, I'll be like, thank you so much. Uh, if, is there anything else I can do? You know, is there anything else I can do that's really not related to goddess, but if you ever have any other issues outside, please be aware that I do have, you know, other contractors too as well that I can give you a referral to. 
So they understand it's like, oh, this guy cares more than just, you know, he didn't get my money, but he still cares to be able to, to do me other things. But I do ask them honestly, like, I know you didn't go with me. Was it the price issue or whatever it is? So trying to understand and know exactly what the objection was to. It's great. Uh, at that point has been great. And that way it's helped me. It's helped me a lot. And then also the, the, the other final thing that I do is, you know, for any sales guy that, that's out there, you cannot be bogged down with a sale that you didn't close. You know, like, you know, you, you go to, uh, you know, you think you really had this in the bag. They say no, they don't give you an answer. And you're like, oh my God. So the rest of the day, all the estimates you're doing, you're like, oh my God, I didn't close that one. I'm going to close this. No, I, I take it, I flash it out of my mind. I go to the next one as though I already want it. You know, so you have, you're going to have a mentality of a winner. You know, I'm hungry. I'm going to get this touchdown. I'm going to score and, and that's it. You know, so and good. I think that has really helped me out. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. You know, one thing that you said in there too is feedback, right? Feedback is free. Another yep. says that all the time. And you've taken that feedback, obviously, and to heart, and you've made the changes that are necessary to be successful in that. So congratulations. And, uh, and also that applies to uh, us as business owners too. You know, that when something goes wrong in our business, feedback is free. What are we going to do with that feedback? You're going to go back to our process and our systems and reevaluate what we're doing so that these, you know, it's not Groundhog's Day and these things keep popping up in our face and we keep on getting the same results, banging our head against the wall, you know, insanity, right? Like, I'm <laughs> You know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, you know, all those things are very important, but I'm glad you were able to give us a little bit more insight into your success. That was great. That's great. So as, as you can see, I mean, being part of a franchise, it, it, or, it offers extra opportunity. So if you work for a yogurt factory that happens to be a franchise and you're, you know, just the person behind the counter at the moment, you know, the sky's the limit, you know, at some point you can do that. And in the brothers that just do gutters, uh, since we created the franchise opportunity in 2015, we've truly raised the ceiling and helped people's visions. And, and I, Ken and I don't take it lightly at all that our vision becomes other people's vision because of what we've done. Peter, your vision has grown to align with ours. Your future has been changed by us and you, obviously the things that you have done, but it's crazy that because of something that Ken and I thought about in 2007 and eight, and we're able to make happen by 2015, that you and your family are, have, you're wearing a brothers that just do gutters hat. This is generational. This is something that your kids, your, their children, like it's insane. When I start to think about when we're long gone, that this is something that's going to be around, that it's still going to impact and change people's lives. And um, I just, and, and you know, I, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes, but I know your wife did not want you anywhere near the gutter industry for a while. She's like, was scared to death you being on ladders. And it's like, we are got to get away from this. Let's go do something different. And she's killing it. I know she helps you and she does the back office admin and she is tops when it comes to, you know, what she handles in the business. So it's it's incredible it is it is it's, it's awesome you know it's one of those things uh you appreciate you, you appreciate the opportunity you appreciate the journey and stuff like that and everything and uh it's great to have a partner that understands you uh that you can discuss things and be able to be like hey you know what this is what it's done these are my strengths and everything and all that stuff and everything and you can do it even though she did not want me to to do it not, not the franchise in the beginning, but like just being on ladders or doing anything like that. But she knew that everything I did, I would do it to the full extent of the law, so to speak. Like she, I'll do everything I can to make it succeed. 
you know what I'm saying? So, so she had no fear in that aspect. It's like, you know what, I'll make it work. All the fear though on her side is like, oh my God, are we gonna be able to do it? Am I gonna make it and all that stuff? I'm like, no, if I put my mind into it, I'll be able to, to do it. And just as a kicker, this is just as a side note, I think one of the motivators, one of the guys that really motivated me was my other former direct manager where I used to work. Before I, I bought the franchise, he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't think you're going to be able to make it and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you don't think I'm going to be able to make it? Uh, so in my head, I was like, you know what? I'll prove you wrong. You I know what I'm saying? So he, so he gave me motivation without knowing that he gave me motivation. He's like, yep. oh, that's what you think. All right, I'll see. And side note too, as soon as I left that place, they were not able to sustain that branch. They wow. gotta be that's just a side note so that just lets you know exactly how much you know they you undervalue somebody you don't understand what somebody brings to your team then yep. when they leave that hey you see what happened couple lessons there value value it. your people and have yep. some depth because people do move on you can't have your eggs in one basket you know it, it, it's big so that's great, man. This has been a lot of fun having you on. I'd love to have you back and we can go down some more rabbit. I, you know what I want to do? A whole podcast of nightmare gutter stories. Like the <laughs> that time you like almost flipped the truck and the gutter machine almost came through the cab and you were saved by a car. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that. Gee, we went into a tree, man. Why do you have to bring that stuff up? I don't know. Oh but you know what I'm thinking? He always I'm does, thinking. Peter. He always brings up this stuff. You know, it's like, you know. I'm a futurist, so you know I don't live in these stories from the past. And when somebody oh, but they're like fun. This, it makes my oh. uh, it's my makes my skin crawl. Yep. <laughs> so oh. yeah, there's just so much history, and I know maybe it's more fun for us to go down these paths than it is for people listening. But you know, we appreciate you. You, we appreciate what you've done throughout the years, and uh, a big thing that we love is that you're proving that this model works when somebody like you goes in there and actually works the system and but also makes it your own it just it just elevates our brand it just makes it so that other people look at it and go you know what if he can do it then maybe i can do it too and whether you're you know one of the questions we had here was is this a good opportunity for anybody should just somebody take a job at the brothers thinking that someday they could own a franchise and i would say absolutely whether you're answering the phones or um, in sales or on the marketing team. There's so many different positions to come into, but yes, if like, kind of like you, you always thought there'd be something bigger, especially when the franchise talk came around, your wheels were spinning. So I would say absolutely come in with that in mind. Shoot. I, I could picture people quitting their maybe corporate job to take a job as an installer and maybe a pay decrease to absolutely learn the system. Um, and, and I, and I do believe that, you know, in time, we're going to try and make it even better and easier for people that are employees to get into a franchise. So we do have some ideas there. Um, but yeah, so overall, man, thank you so much. I love everything that you brought, uh, to this today. Hey, you know what? It's, it's, it's been a pleasure of mine actually just knowing you guys, uh, who you guys are, your characters, what you guys have meant to my family, you know, not just me, but to my family. I think we're so much intertwined that people don't understand. Like I've been there from the beginning. So when I say this, this thing works, I know it works, you know? So that's why when I walked into that building, like I was saying, it's day and night. I know where we came from and I know where we are right now. 
band. And now I can see where we are going. To me, that's not the end game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, yeah. picturing, I'm picturing one of those big towers, you know what I'm saying, with a BG logo on top of it. You know? <laughs> and a skyline somewhere. It's coming. You know, as our corporate office. You know, we still keep the, the New York one as, you know, where all the food stuff happens, but we have another corporate building, you know, like the stock towers and stuff like that. I love it. <laughs> And now you're speaking Kenny's language. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. You know what, (laughs) Kenny, Kenny and his craziness, this is why this thing is this thing has succeeded too, man. Like you have to see, you have to see so far ahead for it to become a reality. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just seeing you're gonna see way beyond, you know, five, ten, fifteen tracks in a different multiple locations, you know just putting the right people in the right place. And then now we can sit down and just you know, play golf here and there. And stuff like that, you know? <laughs> the work is out there, Peter, and you're crushing it. So yeah, it can't That's wait great. to come and visit Charlotte and see all those trucks. Hey, I'm telling you, the next time you come here, Kenny, you're going to come. We're going to sit in my office. You're going to have fun. So, you know, it's, it's going to be awesome and stuff like that. So great things. Uh, thank you guys for the opportunity for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, it's awesome. So for anybody listening out there, yeah, this is the way to go, man. Uh, the support you guys give us as a franchisees, it's just, it's awesome. You know, it's, I don't think nobody should fail. As long as they follow and they ask questions and they, and they lean back on you guys, I think, you know, and you work 100%, there's absolutely no reason to, to not make it. That's great. I appreciate great. that. I appreciate you that. definitely see that as a, another soundbite. You've given us a lot today. So thank you. Uh, tell Linda uh, how much we appreciate her and uh, have a great day. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you implement at least one or two nuggets from this episode that will give you the confidence to grow. Subscribe to our podcast to stay updated and grow with the bros.